Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Buddhang sarananga chami dhammang sarananga chami sangang sarananga chami Dityampi buddhang sarananga chami dityampi dhammang sarananga chami dityampi sangang sarananga chami Tatiampi buddhang sarananga chami tatiampi dhammang sarananga chami tatiampi sangang sarananga chami So hope that everybody is keeping well wherever might be and was asked an interesting question by a fellow um, this past weekend and it was about ignorance and craving and liberating insight and so the question, just paraphrasing, was mm, it's basically said that craving is the cause of suffering and behind it is ignorance. And he said, uh, you know, what does that mean? Because in my reality, I see, like a, he said, I see a chocolate, I want the chocolate, and I have to battle with myself to, <laughs> to uh, stop myself from eating the chocolate. And he says, what is wisdom and what is the liberating insight that leads to the end of craving? So... In our discussion there, I was saying to him that actually kind of hit the nail on the head in that basically craving is, we can see the mind and the things that it likes as being a series of addictions. And kind of the, there's things that we like, we like them, we want to consume them, we want to have them, we want to use them, we want to rest our minds on them as a place of safety. And sometimes we know that they're bad for us, but we still don't want to stop because we like them. <laughs> it's an addiction. <laughs> And so, in terms of ignorance, there's ignorance that one can see that fuels this addiction on different levels. Number one, in the most gross type of level, it would be, it would be a situation where one actually doesn't have the intellectual knowledge. One does, actually just doesn't have the information necessary to know that something is bad. And so, you know, for example, in the 1950s, then people... Uh, thought that smoking was, you know, healthy. You have, I still remember when I was young, you'd have these like advertisements and people would be, um, they'd be like going on the top of a mountain smoking. <laughs> if you've ever been around somebody who smokes or you smoked yourself, climbing a mountain isn't so easy. <laughs> Definitely not getting to the top to smoke. In any event, there's this kind of ignorance that can just be a lack of information. In other words, you think smoking is healthy, it's actually not healthy. So you smoke more because you want to climb mountains. That's going to be a type of ignorance that leads to craving, kind of a misplaced craving that leads to suffering because now you can't climb mountains like you want. And you can't do much that you want to do if you thought that smoking was going to make you healthier. It actually makes you more unhealthy. So there's addiction born from ignorance that's lack of knowledge. There's another type of addiction, you could say, that's born from, uh, from perceptions that are cultivated throughout the day that are to the opposite of what we know to be true in terms of information. So in other words, we can know that eating a lot of chocolate is bad for us. <laughs> you, kind of, 
you know, eating a whole bunch of chocolate will make me sick, it won't make me feel good, all these different things. But actually when we go throughout the day, we start to have stress or whatever it might be that makes us want to eat chocolate. Oftentimes the, the consumption of chocolate or whatever food, whatever external stimulus it's for, is not for the flavor or the experience itself. It's, it's a means of distraction and people want to distract themselves. So start having this craving for chocolate. Take a look what's behind it. <laughs> Why is it that I want to eat this chocolate right now? That's kind of what happened during the day. So when one looks in this way, one sees that actually what one is doing when one starts thinking, I want this chocolate. One knows it's not good. One thinks, I want the chocolate. And one builds up perceptions about its flavor. One builds up perceptions about its taste. One builds up perceptions about what it was like when one ate chocolate in the past. So although the information's there, this chocolate is unhealthy, the perceptions that one is building around it are the opposite. And these perceptions are what make up one's reality. They're the things that create an ignorance or create a, a world that we live in that has information in it that's false. Actually, we have the intellectual knowledge, chocolate is not good. But in the world we live in, the perception that we have is chocolate is good. If I eat it, <laughs> it's going to take away my worries. When I ate it in the past, it took away my worries. And this is, these are perceptions cultivated to the opposite. Now, just jumping off and branching off of that for a moment, one of the interesting things about the way that we create these perceptions, it often goes to the past, takes a look at things that we had in the past, and tells us lies about what it was like at that time. And so I remember when I was a young man, I used to, you know, like once or twice a year, I'd want to eat KFC. And every time I ate it, I felt horrible. <laughs> they had this Toonie Tuesdays back then. And, you know, you go and eat this KFC and, you know, you know, it'd be $2 for like two pieces of chicken and fries or something. And I would eat it. I would feel atrocious afterwards. The next day, I'd feel terrible too. And then six or seven months would go by. And I'd think, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have some KFC right now. <laughs> start thinking about that. <laughs> and then sometimes the perceptions you have about what it was like to eat KFC the last time are, are not correct. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, well, it was, you know, it was tasty. It was good. You kind of don't remember the whole picture. You don't remember what you felt like, you know. The perception that you're building is not of what you felt like afterwards. A lot of a person's memories of the past when they think about what it was like to have something that they know is negative for them are like this. When, when they think about what it was like to uh, be around a person who's negative for them, it's often like this. They're building up these perceptions of the past that are false. So we've got perceptions of the past that are false. We've got perceptions about why we want the thing that are often false. Often we want it for distraction or to, to get away from some negative emotion, to get away from some difficult mind state. We want these things. So we're building up these perceptions. Oh, this chocolate is really tasty. I'll be much happier when I eat it. When I eat it, we bite into the chocolate. I often say this <laughs> in Dhamma talks, and our mind is gone. It's kind of distracted. So you have to kind of make this comparison and not just in an intellectual way, say by like listening to one Dhamma talk or reading a few suttas and understanding it intellectually, Going throughout the day, we have to build perceptions to the opposite. You know, kind of, the chocolate is good comes into our mind. Wait a minute, the chocolate's going to make me sick. The chocolate is good. No, wait a minute, the chocolate's going to make me sick. So this is a type of wisdom. It's the wisdom that is able to bring up correct perceptions so that one perceives reality correctly. The reality that one builds through the continuing uh, creation of perceptions is correct. It's accurate. It's giving the right information. <laughs> Eating a whole bunch of chocolates will make me sick. 
not, oh, I was happy in the past when I ate them, I'll be happy in the future when I ate them, I can't wait to have the taste. Eating a whole bunch of chocolates makes me sick, and I probably want to eat them to distract myself from stress at work, to distract myself from emotions that I can't handle right now, to distract myself from worries about the future. And the, these kind of perceptions can be correct. So this is a, another level of ignorance and another level of wisdom, this kind of wisdom that ferrets these things out. Now the interesting thing, talking about addictions, the way that the mind launches out, it goes after things, it becomes addicted to them, it can't give them up. because It's, it's used them as a prop to find happiness. That's why it's very difficult to give them up. Stress has come again, we want to go back to this thing that we've used as a prop. So I remember as a young man I used to be addicted to marijuana and I used to uh, just trying to quit smoking like it was a year of like intense battle I kind of I can't do it I don't want to do it <laughs> and then I kind of give in oftentimes with these things that we're addicted to not just like marijuana whatever it might be people emotions whatever it might be that we're addicted to that causes us suffering that we we become addicted to those things and our, we have a lifestyle that's built around them so trying to pull our mind back from this addiction, from this craving, requires all the things that the Buddha talks about in the canon. It requires discipline, it requires restraint, and it requires wisdom. Wisdom to see these things correctly. So in battling with this kind of marijuana addiction, it was kind of going back and forth, you know, trying to pull myself away from this lifestyle, and then failing, and then back again, you know, restraining, 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 and then failing, then back again. And then finally, I remember at the end of it, at the end of this year, towards the end of the year, I made this determination because one of the things I had really missed was being able to do like uh, athletics uh, in the same way, basically, as, as far as I remember, or as far as I assume, because I wanted to, I decided I was going to run down this hill, sprint full tilt down it every single day and then sprint back up, no matter if I smoked, no matter what happened. <laughs> and so I would do this kind of sprint down and sprint back up in your lungs person's lungs become very raw when they're sprinting and they've been smoking. And I remember there was this one day I was doing this, you know, my lungs were becoming raw, I was coughing up all this gunk and I gave in and I smoked. And I got this horrible, horrible lung infection. And it was after that that this kind of knowledge came, oh, marijuana makes you sick. <laughs> and it was after this that basically this habit didn't arise again. So this is what you might call like a, another type of knowledge, another type of wisdom that eliminates ignorance. It's basically the wisdom that really sees. It's, it can be often expressed as just a phrase in the mind when, when one uh, achieves this type of wisdom. Or it can be, it's an experience that encapsulates a phrase. It, these things can be expressed in a phrase. Sometimes remember something. This is where this habit started. The memory, the information is not important. That comes with the cutting of basically an underlying tendency. You know, we can quit marijuana and then it comes back. We can cultivate these perceptions. We're fighting, we're fighting. But still the underlying tendency, the underlying tendency to this addiction is there. But it's, it's at a time when that ten underlying tendency is cut, you know, through this restraint that we've been cultivating all this time, you know, through this gradually wearing away of the defilement, that this knowledge comes. And this, this is the liberating knowledge. You know, the, the knowledge that comes with the destruction of an underlying tendency. And after that, uh, that time for, with this sickness, I think I only smoked marijuana once more, but its power was gone. I, haven't, I never smoked again. So, 
these are different ways in which wisdom, you know, wisdom can apply. It can apply on the level of information. It can apply on the level of perceptions, can just having these false perceptions, not seeing things in terms of the noble truths. And then these kind of liberating insights, these are also an aspect of discernment. We're looking, we're trying to find a way to stop. <laughs> and the liberating knowledge that comes can often be expressed in just this single phrase or a single experience. But that information is not that important. The important thing is the elimination of the underlying tendency. But because these experiences are so powerful, and because they're, they can be encapsulated in like a single phrase or a single moment, there's often this temptation to clone that wisdom. And kind of, oh, okay, you know, marijuana is bad, just as an example. So you go and repeat that. Well, you already know marijuana is bad. <laughs> or you, you know, you get sick one time after smoking marijuana and say, I'm sick, where's the insight? Well, it comes after a long period of wearing away this underlying tendency. So we can see ignorance as this lack of knowledge. Uh, lack of knowledge in the informational sense, lack of knowledge in the perceptual sense, and the lack of seeing clearly that keeps us running back to things that make us suffer. So on the smaller scale, this applies to these negative habits that we try to eliminate, like eliminating eating chocolate, eliminating marijuana. On the larger scale, when we're looking to a larger solution for suffering, it applies to samsara. So the Buddha's teachings about liberating insight, they're things that extend out to everything <laughs> that causes us to suffer, which is everything, everything we grasp onto. Kind of, and if we wear away our addictions to these things bit by bit, trying to find a solution to them, then eventually these liber the liberating insight can come after the underlying tendency is eliminated or uprooted. And it's kind of usually expressed in a single phrase, like the phrase in the canon, the classic one, is whatever is subject to origination is subject to cessation. So wisdom is the supreme faculty. It's the faculty that enables us to eliminate defilements rather than suppressing them because all the time, the things that cause us to suffer are things we're grabbing onto through addiction, through liking them and not seeing the flip side. <laughs> grab onto marijuana, we think it's gonna make us happy and we get sick. And we grab onto chocolates, we eat them and we get sick. You know, we grab onto our job, we think it'll make us happy, we get scared and worried about losing it. And grab onto our health, our body, we get scared and worried when it gets old. Everything functions on this process of addiction that, we, that causes us to suffer, basically. It functions on craving. And this craving is the same as this ignorance and not knowing and not seeing what it really is that we're doing, not knowing and seeing it in such a way that dispassion sets in so that we can let it go. And this is the goal of Buddhist practice, is this liberating insight that leads us to undercut, under, to eliminate these underlying tendencies. Okay, so I think that leave that for reflection and wishing everybody all the blessings of Dhamma practice.